Welcome everybody to this interview special edition of Horror Movie News. We have 2018 Scream Fest ambassador and also horror icon, the godmother of horror, Lin Shay, in studio today. Let's get it going. Let's go. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Yes, we are yeah. live now. Ooh, <laughs> it is a special episode today. My God, I am yes. okay. We, we, I just want to get into it. Okay, so I want to introduce her. So she's she has over two hundred acting credits on IMDb. My God, oh my God, I can't remember any of them. <laughs> That's okay. I, I got you. <laughs> All right, everybody, give it up for Lynche. Hello, welcome, welcome. Oh. Thank you. That's the best introduction I've ever had. I am freaking out of my seat right now. Oh. I cannot believe. I, oh yeah, and I am Anthony Becerra. He's like, I don't know who I am right now. Yes, you I'm are. Like, um, Evan. Evan. I appreciate you having me on, bro. You bring me on for like the good stuff, man. No, you're great. Like this is this is crazy. He's like, can you can you can you fill in for me? I'm like, what we got going on? It's crazy. You'll you'll be shocked. Yeah, you know, he brings me over the cool stuff. Man. Aren't they adorable? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop. No. <laughs> no, but yes. Um, so yeah. Uh, thank you so much for for coming on the show. Thank uh, you for really honored to have you as a guest um i never would have thought i'd be sitting here talking to you um if you were to ask me five years ago i'd be like ah, there's no way um but now it's uh, it's it's quite fantastic going down. and so uh you are a well let's do a, a brief overview of your work and uh of uh, and uh, who you are but first off you do have a birthday coming up right i do have a birthday this coming. friday i love to be honest i love my birthday what do you what do you usually do though it is yeah. like, do you, are you a person like i gotta chills and do anything or do you like have like a momentous occasion yeah big friends like, little like friends parade look what do you do i mean i've kind of done all of it and actually this year i wasn't gonna do anything and now there's 30 people coming (laughs) party time so um but it it, i think celebrating your birth is an important thing for other you know other than just getting all the presents that you hope you get from friends but um but that's not the point at all i really do enjoy uh thinking about the day that of that life started so to speak Mm -hmm. a lot of good things in between then and now that's great. That's a good way to look at it. Um, yeah, I, it, it's it's nice that your birthday's in October because my birthday's also in October. Libra! Yes! Libra! Yes! I, yes. Another one of us can make a decision about anything. Um, <laughs> it's because we see both sides yep. to the coin every single time. It's 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 like I'm my worst, own worst enemy. But that's okay. <laughs> what, what date? What's your... October 2nd. Oh, so you just had a birthday. Yeah, he had happy a nice birthday. little shindig. Thank you, thank you. Happy birthday, Anthony. Thank you, thank you. And happy uh, future birthday. Thank, what, what did you do on your birthday? Uh, I ate Korean barbecue. It was awesome. And I, and I got drunk at the same time, and then we had karaoke. <laughs> that was... I came for the karaoke portion, and it was they were like three sheets to the wind by that time, and it was like rambunctious. <laughs> well, I'm sorry I missed it. But happy birthday! Oh, that's fine. That's fine. You'll catch the next All one. Right. But yeah. <laughs> Exclusive invite, right? <laughs> but yeah, uh, I want to talk to you. Yeah, so going over your your uh, filmography here, one of your earliest roles was, I believe, Hester Street back in 1975. Yeah, and then from there you went on to do Nightmare on Elm Street, where you played the teacher in uh, the the classroom of. So far, character. I've been a whore and a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want to say what the role was in oh, Hester Street. We just kind of... Yes. There is a great story, if you want to hear a really quick story yes. about uh, it. Yes, please. Yes. That was my very first film, really, and... Um, it was a, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful film if you've never seen it that Joan Micklin Silver directed a woman director and which there were very few of at that time because mm-hmm. that was a hundred years ago, but um, <laughs> no but all kidding aside so there was this wonderful role of this prostitute 
and um, they cut the scene quite a bit back um, for timing purposes and everything. And I told my mother, you know, I was all excited. I was in my first movie, and there was going to be the premiere in New York. And so my parents came, <laughs> and um, I told my mother, you know, <laughs> kind of what I was doing. So I'm sitting next to my mom, and the, the scene was cut, as I said, quite a bit. And pretty much all you saw was me leaning forward with a breast exposed. And... Um, and I'm kind of looking at my mother, looking at my mother, and everything was fine. She was cool. The movie ended. They start rolling the credits, and I'm looking. I can't wait to see my name. I'd never seen my name in print before like that. And running and running, we get down to the very one at the bottom. It says, Lynn Shay Whore. And my mother stood up, walked out of the theater, and vomited. Oh, oh my God. God. She was God. horrified, probably. She was hor- horrified. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean it, but you were a very sharp lady. She could have been prostitutified. You were a sharp lady. But it did happen. We shortened it. Wow. To, to the to the alley term. Oh, oh she was my inconsolable. God. I'm sure she was. How, uh, how well, did she? Yeah, what was she feeling like? She just my little girl Linda with the braids and the bows, and here she is, a whoron for everybody. Oh, to look poor at. mom. <laughs> On screen. Oh, God bless um, her. It was really, it, it really was traumatic for her. And, you know, we all got over it. But my mother always said, you sure you don't want to be a teacher? <laughs> speaking of which, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, is. speaking of which, I could have got, got, got to be a teacher. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you've also been on uh, The Twilight Zone in uh, the uh, the show, right, back in 1985, I believe? Right, it was the, the, re- the rebooting that Wes Craven directed right. the episode. Yeah. Right on. I have another story about that if you want to hear of it. Course, yeah. All the stories, well, please. please. I'm, just, I'm all storied up from today, but... Um, um, the audition, Wes was one of the best people ever. Mm. I mean, I like to say he was really the angelic demon. He, <laughs> he was truly an angel of a person, and he had rosy cheeks and was <laughs> handsome and always this sort of very shy smile on his face and really a kind, great man and a wonderful director. Okay, so I'd met him on Nightmare on Elm Street, which is before The Twilight Zone, and I'm Bob Shea is my big brother right. who... Produced the first Nightmare on Elm Street, so I'm and told Wes to put me in his movie, mm-hmm. hire my sister. So that was how I met Wes. Wow. So I came back in to audition for this because it was a network show, and um, uh, the casting. I read the scene, and it was kind of an emotional scene, and it doesn't take much to make me cry <laughs> in general, <laughs> but it was kind of a touching little scene for the character. And when I finished, the casting director said, um, "Can you do it again, a little less sappy?" Oh. Oh wow! Oh. And I and I take my craft very seriously, including my emo- own emotionality. Happy. So oh, wow. I gave him the finger. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, we- I did read about that. And yeah. Wes was standing in the back of the room with his arms folded, cr- just like looking down, but cracking up on inside. <laughs> and of course, I got the part. And uh, Wes just said to me, "Good job." Unbelievable. <laughs> So yeah. you're probably one of the few actresses who can flip off someone and, well, and, get, really, and get the wrong. I, I, I knew I had done the wrong thing, but it was too late. The finger was already up. <laughs> it went up, and you're like, "Oh no!" Oh my God. <laughs> Your body just reacted. Really, totally. Well, I mean, I was. It hurt my feelings. It oh, was yeah. really. It was like. I mean, when I think about it now, it was really was. I thought I really put 
everything I have into what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of an actor I am. Absolutely. And it wasn't sappy. If you want me to be less emotional, so tell me in a professional way to be less emotional. Mm-hmm. But that was really not, that was mean, I yeah, felt. Rude. I don't like mean people. That's no fair. Well, it's, it's a good thing we're not yeah, mean. I'm I'm really, 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 well, <laughs> are you? I'm leaving. Yeah, <laughs> not yet. Uh, <laughs> but but um, as far as before, before even acting, like, do you remember, like, what did you want to do, like, before you got into, like, film? Like, like well, was, you know, like, like, I want to be a firefighter. Like, what did you want to be? I, it never, it sort of just happened. I mm-hmm. mean, I, for real. I mean, I was always, I lived um, in a neighborhood without kids. And so I used to spend my time entertaining myself in wow. my room with my dolls and my and my stuffed animals. And I literally would make up stories and I would take all my clothes out of the closet and dress up as different characters. Wow. And my mom kind of let me go. I mean, she, she knew that was how, you know, I wasn't hurting anybody. I would just right. have to clean up all my clothes at the end of the day. And, um... And I just loved storytelling. Wow. So and as I got into grade school, I loved I loved being in plays. Mm. You know, my first role was as a, a an Indian, and I remember I asked my mom to get me a brown turtleneck because <laughs> 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 I thought that was a good costume because it would excellent. make my skin look dark. That's <laughs> so um, and then um, just doing school plays, and I was pretty good at I was good at pretending to be somebody else, mm, and. Um, I, in summer camp, there was this uh, character that was supposed to be dumb, and I remember I was walking around going, Duh. And, they, and everybody would go, well, do that again. Do, it was really getting encouragement from your peers to, you know, be funny. It's yeah. like comedians start like that Love often. It. And um, various, and it was really doing school plays. And it wasn't until I graduated from University of Michigan as an art history major, I got my first job at mm. the um, Metropolitan Museum of Art in the registrar's office. Wow. And I'm going to be someday, I don't know what, a curator. And then I kept thinking, when do I get to be in a play? And I thought, maybe there's a career, you know, maybe I should go back to school is really what I thought. So I did. I I got into Columbia. Columbia University had a new theater arts program. So I I got accepted and I had a three-year master's program at Columbia in New York which was all acting and theater. Oh, it was fabulous. 12 hours a day. Just acting. Acting and and scene study. And it was dance and movement and voice production. And and I was the happiest I could ever be. And I realized I I really kind of had a gift. I was able to step into somebody else's life. And, and, And it didn't seem like pretend. It felt very real. And now I'm forever grateful. Hey. When, when was it when you realized you had that gift? You're like, I'm, I'm kind of good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I you just, had that realization. Other, peop, other people sort of okay. telling me and, and feeling it, fe- just feeling like I was comfortable in that skin. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I couldn't wait to do it. It was really fun for me. It was, it was always scary. It's still always scary. Mm-hmm. I'm still always terrified. Same right now. Yeah. yeah really. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it really it, it's worked out. You know. I mean, yeah. I, I had oh, no. I, I would say. I would say you. But I had okay. no goals or anything. It was not like oh, I'm going to go to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. everything sort of unfolded and um, in the best way, really. And I did theater for a long time in New York. I was in New York. Uh, ten years and did off and off off Broadway, Broadway. I did Lincoln Center, wow. a wonderful play called The Taking of Miss Janie about the black and white issues in the sixties. Excellent. That Gilbert Moses. I don't know if you know who he was. My mother directed. would tell me about that. Yeah, she she probably would because it won a Drama Critics Circle yeah. Award. It won all these awards, and um, 
And it was uh, Jack Nicholson, believe it or not, who I, I came out to L.A. to meet him because he had inquired about me for Going South, which Jeez. was a little movie they did in 1977, I think it was. And he directed it, too. He directed right? it. Yeah. And he had seen some pictures. It might have been the Academy Players. I don't even know. But my agent said, uh, yeah, you know, they inquired about you, and they went back to L.A., and I wrote him a little note and said, Dear Mr. Nicholson, thank you for inquiring about me. Um, these are pictures of me with curly hair. These are pictures. <laughs> I went through every headshot I had because he had seen my picture somewhere. Yeah. And I sent a special delivery because there was no FedEx yet. Right. Oh, cool. I sent a special delivery. And the next day or whenever they received it, they got a call from Marion Doherty's office saying, Jack wants to meet you as soon as... Oh, I put P.S. I'll be in Los Angeles for a short trip in the next week, which was total B.S. (laughs) And he sent a note saying, please tell Lynn to get in touch with me when she gets to L.A. Excellent. So I got on a plane that next morning (laughs) and got a fever blister the size of a basketball. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So I literally, I'm like walking in... I put a lot of mascara on because I was hope. I mean, it was hilarious. I was staying at the Chateau Marmont. Um, Betty Buckley was a friend and staying there. She said, "Come, I'll take care of you for those couple wow. days." Yeah. And I got one line in the movie and got to go to Mexico for two weeks with them in Durango with John Belushi, um, Veronica, Veronica Cartwright, Chris Lloyd, um, Nicholson, wow. Danny DeVito. It was oh my not it was have, have an honor. Yeah. And my line was, he ain't for you, Serene. <laughs> Thank you. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I, I stayed. It. And then I, I thought, oh, this was easy. <laughs> so Right on. Um, wow. it, it, something interesting that kind of resonated with me, how you said you, you had no goals, but you just knew that you liked doing this thing, which is interesting because, like, something with me that I struggled with growing up was something that, personally, I didn't really felt like I had any goals or any ambition, but I just Because had they an, tell you you're supposed to when you have to. Right. They. And, yeah. Society. <laughs> and and it's, it's like an internal struggle that I always dealt with. And I was wondering, did you did you have a certain struggle that, that you dealt with as well because of that lack of goals? Or were you just like, you're just happy doing it? I was just, I was just on the train. Okay. I mean, I, honest to God, I was just on the train looking what was passing me by. And just, uh, you know, when I was in New York especially, there was backstage and show business. Those were the two little trade papers. Mm-hmm. And they'd list all the equity and non-equity shows auditioning, mm-hmm. you know, that week. And I would check them off and I would go to each one. I remember Otto Preminger. <laughs> I, I also was shameless. Like, I, I, I didn't think about what I looked like or what I was right for or anything. Mm-hmm. It was just... This looked interesting, you know, and it was the character would be described as charismatic, energetic. I go, oh, that's me, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I don't premature. I don't even know what the movie was, but I knew he was like big and fancy. And it was on the, th- it was in Third Avenue somewhere. And I remember it was, I, I, and they had you could. It was like an open call, I guess. I got dressed up, and I got on the bus going up 3rd Avenue, and I ran. I remember I ran like about six blocks to get into the the office. Absolutely. (laughs) And everybody turned around to look at me because I was sweating. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And I I said, I'm here to meet Mr. Preminger. And everybody just looked. And they said, okay, could you sign in here, please? (laughs) So... And I met Mr. Preminger, and he said, hi, what is your name? I said, Linda, it was Linda Shea. I said, Linda Shea. He said, 
um, how old are you? I think I, I, I don't even know what I said. <laughs> I probably was like, tw- tw- I don't know, like 28 or something. And I, I think I said 22. And he said, um, okay, thank you. <laughs> that was it. Mm-hmm. That was the whole thing. Wow. And I, I kind of walked out and I was feeling, I just remember this because I thought something important was about to happen. Ooh. And it didn't. Okay. You know, not only didn't it happen, but it was, it was, you know, you were left kind of holding your breath because, right. so I turned around and I ran back six blocks and got back on the bus <laughs> and went back home and checked off the next thing. You Absolutely. know, I just was sort of. Sort of, I, I was uh, in a weird way unstoppable about trying. Yeah, you were very. It sounds like you were very uh, tenacious about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know how to frame this question. To be honest, which I've been, <laughs> but like, so, <laughs> I've been trying to frame it a certain way. So, see, you've been fortunate to be in movies for a while, though. You know what I mean, as as a woman. But like, things are like for women are getting like more diverse and more developed. Right. And and like, can you tell me what's the biggest difference between back in the day, woman roles, and like now? Oh. Well, this is another question we've actually addressed a little earlier as well. Um, This whole mixing of male-female at some level, that women have been taught to be, you know, pardon the expression, but, you know, sit with your hands folded and do what you're told. Right. And the boys are allowed to, like, I mean, this is, you know, I grew up in the 50s, so it was classic that, you know, the hoods with the comb back hair and the girls with their little boobies, pardon the expression, (laughs) but little pointy bras. I mean, the bras look like they'd hurt you. Right. Yeah, I was always scared of those when I was really? young. <laughs> but I mean, that was that was the classic male female. The mm-hmm. girls sat in with their pointy bras, and the boys with the thing and the hood and Elvis and the, that whole protocol, um, protocol, not protocol, was a prototype. Right. And um, and I guess you know, and very slowly, we have, there's just been changes mm-hmm. that have happened slowly, and of course, lately it's. It's very prominent what's happening with gender mixing. That women are becoming to being able to act more like what's called a man, which means which in most people means strength and mm-hmm. persistence and dominance and uh, aggression, all things which are considered testosterone things. Mm-hmm. And men are sort of being allowed to be softer. Yeah, and right. I think it's fabulous. And it doesn't mean you're gay. And even if you are, it doesn't matter. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about humanity. We're talking right. about qualities that make you a human being. Right. And that feelings that we all have, whether you're male or female, men are, are finally allowed to cry and it's okay. And women are finally allowed to suck somebody in the face if they need Absolutely. to. And, and that's okay because that's what you deserved. You know, I don't believe in physical violence necessarily, but sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, and, I, and so I think to answer the question, I think that all reflects in our in our media, which is so extensive right now. It's not just movies, it's not just television. It's cable and Twitter and Schmitter and you know, and, I mean, every little thing in the with the thing. Mm-hmm. And that finally, women are. Um, and Elise, my character in Insidious, oh, yeah. was one of the wonderful things Lee Winnell did for me and for women. That in that third episode, the third chapter. I give it to the demon. I mean, I really, and I knock him yeah, on, his, on his ass, and I tell him, come on, you know, I mean, I do that whole kind of Cagney mm-hmm. thing, yeah. and um, which was not written. It just was like, that was the feeling I had, oh, and the response awesome. to that was so Absolutely. amazing that people were so excited to see Elise get, give what, they, get what, what uh, someone else deserved because they had harmed her, so... Again, I think that the 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 whole male female thing is getting 
a little bit more mixed, and women are allowed to be stronger, more independent, speak their mind, and men are allowed to be more vulnerable, more independent, and speak their mind. It's really the same issues, but they're just being, they're now allowed to mix in a, a much more wonderful way. I think it's fabulous. Awesome. And I love playing I am a strong woman. I never, but I don't think about gender. That's what I'm saying is I don't think about gender. I have a strong, I have a strong soul. I'm yeah. grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, they just, they, like, it's not just you per se. It's just how they perceive like men and women. They put them in these totally in, bo- in boxes. Yeah. Right. And there's no room for boxes anymore. Right. Yeah. Awesome. There's too many people. Yeah. I mean, it's something we all just got to realize that we're all just, you know, beings on this planet. And like, there's. He's trying to solve problems. Yeah, yeah, there's there's no right way for anyone to be. You know, it's just we are all just we're just we're all just being and that, and being respectful and oh, truthful yeah, and you know and uh, when you think about what qualities the best qualities of humanity. So does, so I'm sorry to sound so kind of corny, but <laughs> but that's really what we sh- we deserve to we should embody and we Absolutely. should we should give back to each other. It's just, Love it. No, yeah, I totally agree. And also, you need to mention an Insidious Chapter 3, which yes. is, like, my personal favorite. Thank Insidious. You. Oh, it yeah. genuinely scared me the first couple, Dude, man. that I'm, breathing, man. Oh, that gotta, is, uh. it's still, I'm the husband, man. There's certain things men do have to be, though. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we still got to be, got to project straight to our wives. You know what I mean? I'm in the in the, the theater with my wife hiding, man. It's, yeah. I blame you for well, many you of this. It's you're ridiculous. Fe- you're female. Vulnerable. <laughs> I'm feeling vulnerable. And, it's, and you just told me it's okay to cry. Yeah. I'm so scared. I cry in the theaters all the time. Man. And my wife, you <laughs> She's just laughing. Oh, I do too. I'm a lot, but yeah. like it's like you know, I'm a wife, and I'm like, this movie scares me to death, man. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm like, hi, mom. I'm like this, and then she's like, I'm like turning my head like this. It's like really embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. I love it. I'm very proud of myself. Yeah. <laughs> you should be. And also, uh, Lee Winnell directed that one, right? Yep. Ah, oh, that was great. Yeah, and he also awesome. recently directed the uh, Upgrade film that came Which out, which is fabulous. I loved it too. I yeah, too. it was I, really great. I told him I think they're the best fight scenes with, that I've ever. There are a couple fight scenes in there that are the best thing I've ever seen just about yes. with the robot oh yeah <laughs> I, I love that kitchen scene when he's like first like finally coming into yeah, 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 it yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. it's so it was, cool there was brilliant work too from the actors so yeah and so you did bring up Insidious um, so the first one was released in 2010 and I wanted to mention that you did win uh, the Fangoria Chainsaw Award and Fright Meter Award for Best Supporting Actress really? and thank, thank you thank yeah, you yeah congratulations <laughs> and also I read a little uh, like a little tidbit on it of like and I want to ask you if it was true that when you read the script for the first Insidious side, it kind of like spooked you or scared you so much that you had to like lock it away. In the you... closet. Yeah. I totally did. Oh, no. Well, what about the script uh, like got you to that point? Mm-hmm. I am not a, you know, I read it with an open mind. James had, I had met James through um, a friend, a mutual mm-hmm. friend. And um, he sit, called me and said, I have this, we have this script. Um, I had done a little short for him first and met Lee, who was acting in it. Called Doggy Heaven. That was an Xbox. Or pre, it was a prequel for an Xbox release, which was how I met James. Oh, okay. And um, so anyway, he called and said we have the script, and uh, he sent it over. And I read it in bed. It was late. It was like one one thirty. I wanted to read it right away. And I was Lee. So Lee had typed it. It was all typed by Lee, basically. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I remember he changed the font when things when we went into the further. It was like this, and there was something about. The font got wavy and wiggly, and oh, I'm all by myself cool. upstairs. Seriously, and That's... I and I I realized I was breathing. Sh- I was kind of breathing shallow, and I was I was got cold, and I was really uncomfortable. <laughs> and I and the whole description of the further I thought was brilliant. Absolutely. You know, it was really this. It, Lee is very. Um, 
by the he really follows the he doesn't skip any beats he really followed and led you directly into what that world might be like mm-hmm. with the demons and it was beautifully written mm. and um at the end of it i was just i i kind of just closed the script and i thought I don't want to sleep with this up here. And I literally went downstairs and, and I put it in the closet. That's a wow. Truly, truly good horror story. Truly, that truly. Is, yeah. And I knew I wanted to do it. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. All right. So now I want to get into uh, Scream Fest. So, yeah. So Scream Fest will be running from October 9th, which is tomorrow. Correct. To October 18th <laughs> at the uh, TCL Chinese uh, nice. Six Theater in Los Angeles. And tickets can be purchased on uh, ScreamFestLA.com yeah. So yeah, on there there's there's a tons of uh, info for you. You can check out the the lineup for the films that are being featured as well. And we're gonna go gonna go over a, a couple of the uh, like special events that's happening as well. But just a, a brief overview of this uh, festival. So ScreamFest is America's largest female-run and longest-running horror film festival in its 18th year, and it will be taking place again by uh, October 9th to the 18th at the Chinese Theater here in LA, here in Hollywood, and it's started its original inception started back in 2001 so over the last 17 years screenfest has served as an amazing platform launching careers helping garner distribution for filmmakers and it was formed back in august 2001 by uh, film producer rachel belofsky uh, Screenfest Horror Film Festival is a nonprofit organization that gives filmmakers and screenwriters this amazing platform in the horror and science fiction genre, which is one two of my favorites. And one of my favorite movies is a thing that mixes both yes. of them. You love that's the thing. That's, 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 that's his project. Tell me what you gave me for my birthday. Oh, <laughs> he's very he's very kind. I just I got him like the screenplay like in a box like of things. He assembled it himself and he put it. It's, it's he, great. Well, I didn't think he'd go. He went crazy. I like oh, melted. That's great. That's a great story. I, I, I felt to the floor and I hugged it. <laughs> it was great. He loves that film. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of my favorites. Um, yeah, so uh, the, the festival is known for uh, discovering paranormal activity in 2007. Other past premieres include 30 Days of Night, which is one of my favorite like depictions of, of vampires. vampires. Oh, they're so destroyed. Uh, Let the Right One Went In, which is oh, such a great, uh, another like somewhat like, vampire. He likes film. horror. If you didn't know, he likes horror. <laughs> I, 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 I was getting the idea. Yeah, I just wanted to let you I, know. I just got the show. Like. <laughs> <laughs> also, the Grudge, which you are also going to be in the uh, oh, the remake. Look at you in the remake, guys, the Grudge. Guys, get ready. Uh, no, I'm not joking. No, I'm not joking. <laughs> this is going to be different than you think because the first one's terrifying. Yeah. It's different. Um, Nicholas Pesh, who is the director, was yes. unbelievable. It was a fantastic cast. Yay. It's one of the scariest things I've ever been a part of that's Sheesh. all i can tell you and i'm so excited for the role i got to play also it's very different than anything i've ever done and really? it's, yeah it's really I'm, I'm that must be hard to say with like 200 credits under your belt totally <laughs> but, but this there's something there was something not about mary on this one although that's one of my favorite <laughs> but there was something about the grudge <laughs> that totally i, I mean it, it, when i read that i literally because I, I, I'd read it over and over because there's a lot going on in the story that I kept trying to sort of... When I read a script, I, I want to see what the whole is mm-hmm. and what that feels like because that will inform the storyline, uh, even though the character already has a written storyline, how I infuse it, like what I put into Absolutely. it to support okay. the whole. So I really do a lot of work. I work really hard when I... I, I don't just learn... Oh, yeah, I imagine. So you yeah. just don't read yeah, your sure. part, huh? No, yeah, right. I don't just read my part. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I do, but... <laughs> <laughs> Depends how boring it's, the rest uh, of it is. Yeah. Like this movie is terrible, so I'm just going to remember. Yeah. 
But this this is really um, I'm really excited about it. Uh, I haven't been as excited in a long time. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty like pumped about it because uh, Nicholas Pesci also did Eyes of My Mother, yep, yep. and that's that's uh, scariest movie. That, that is fr- yeah, that is terrifying. Have you seen that? Yeah, brother. Oh my lord. Yeah, he's really. I tell him. I told him in a little note. He's the Salvador Dali and the Magritte of filmmaking. Hey, I, Ooh, I, I, like I watch those kind of horror movies in like sections. Like I can't watch them all the room. Oh no! Like, I, I, I watch them like. Eyes of My days. Mother caught me totally off guard. I didn't yeah. know what it was about. Me awesome. And it sort of takes you, you know, because he does, he juxtaposes such yeah. odd oddity, mm-hmm. which already is unsettling because it moves you off your center. You oh, know, because yeah. when things don't, they don't end up the way you were thinking. Exactly. He's kind of would lead you to a place and then put you there. And then you go, well, wait a minute, that doesn't feel right. Yeah. So then he would kind of take you forward again and then put you back there. You go, wait a minute, I just got out of there. Yeah, <laughs> Don't I put did... me back there again. <laughs> and there's some, I, I totally adored him. You know, he along with, with James and Lee mm-hmm. and Wes Craven, of course. I mean, I think this this guy is super, super, super talented and the sweetest man ever. Yeah, a lot of these horror I, guys are sweethearts. Sweethearts, totally. isn't that crazy? I love that. <laughs> he used to pop around the set. I mean, I lo- I used to tease him a little bit. He wears his baseball cap, and he had little curls kind of coming out the back. <laughs> and he would run from one camera to the other, and always available. You had any question, I would go Nick, and no matter where he was, he'd go right here. You know, he'd be right over <laughs> with any answer, any question. Nothing was too. It, nothing intruded on what he was doing. He was a real collaborator, collaborator in in uh, embracing all your questions and and, and your and even your own answers. It mm-hmm. was just great. I loved it. Oh, I can't wait to see that. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I've been following him ever since I saw it as my mother. And he also came out with piercing, which I, I can't I, wait. I, I haven't seen. Yeah, it. I was like, I have yet to see it because it's, it's hard to find. But yeah, it's coming out soon. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, that's that's set for a release in 2019. Uh, the Grudge, I believe. The Grudge is, uh, I think, April. Six, August 16th, I think. I don't know. 2019. <laughs> August 16th, somewhere in, it's August 2019. Nice, yeah. And I will, and I have been tracking on this show as well, so I'll keep everyone keep updated, updated on that. Tony, yes, Tony. of course, of course. And if I know anything, I'll let you know. Let us know. Oh, yeah, hit us up on social media. <laughs> I'm always there. Can just we, just like we, uh, Nick. Just be like, Tony, I'm like, I'm here. What's up? <laughs> can we talk about your, like, creepiest role, like, today, like uh, ever? And that is uh, you and, and Kingpin. Oh, I saw that clip. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Ridiculous. (laughs) To date, that's my favorite movie. I can't. I I, I mean, with all the wonderful things, because that also has an incredible story. They wouldn't see me for the part, and I had met the Farrelly's on Dumb and Dumber. You got to tell me how. Oh, my God. I dressed up. For six weeks, I worked on that. She's described as the angriest, ugliest woman God ever let loose on the planet. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I got to do this. I have to do this role, and I have to figure this out. So I got obsessed, and I kept calling Pete because I knew them, you know, from from the first Dumb and Dumber a little bit. I had done that one little role of Mrs. Nugaborn. Yes. And um, <laughs> they kept saying, we love your work, but we just don't think you're right for this. Huh. And I literally sat on my bedroom floor in front of this double mirror we had, and I started putting hair coming out of my nostrils. I put egg on my face to give me a bad, like, scaly yellow complexion. Uh-huh. I ran my brow together. I bought that little outfit at Aardvarks on you Melrose. Really? You know, I was ready to go, and everybody wouldn't, they wouldn't see me. I wrote Pete's notes. Finally, literally, there were five days before they were starting principal photography. And um, my agent had just died, and I'm si- literally <laughs> I'm sitting at my dining room table, and it was my ex-husband who came in. I was crying 
because and I had mascara running. Wow. He said, "What's the matter with you?" And I said, "My agent's dead, and I can't get an audition for Kingpin." <laughs> oh, wow. he, said, he said, "Well, I can't bring your agent back." But he said, "Why don't you call call Steve Stabler, who I don't know where he is these days, but he's forever in my gratitude." Um, he was one of the producers on Dumb and Dumber. They said, "Call him." I said, "He, he said, try it. It's after lunch. He'll be in his office." Mm-hmm. So I literally. He picked up the phone. Oh, this, is a, this is a message for all of you who think, don't pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. This is crazy. He picked up the phone. I said, hey, Steve, it's Lynn. You know, I say, oh, yeah, I know. We got your messages and blah, blah, blah. And I said, um, I, I, I just wanted, he said, we really love you, but we just don't think you're right. And I said, but I worked out this whole presentation. I've been sitting on the floor of my bedroom for six weeks developing. He oh, said, my God. He said, all right, we'll bring you in on Thursday. So this was, this was Tuesday. I dressed up totally as what you see in the movie you be in my outfit with the egg and the nostrils. Yeah. And I got in my little sob convertible <laughs> and drove to Santa Monica. I came into the audition where they were auditioning on this building on Ocean Boulevard. Even there were no chairs. So I sat down on the floor to wait for my turn. And Rick kept Montgomery, who was the casting director. He kept walking by me. And, and I said, and I thought, you know, I passed my time. I said, Rick. And he looked down. And he said, Lynn. I said, yeah, he said, oh, my God, I thought you were a homeless person. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so he brought me in, and I was a nervous wreck. And I mean, I, and I read the scenes, and the, the guys were like, you know, I mean, they, they, were all, they were all in there. I mean, Bradley Thomas and Pete and Bobby and all the, the fairly most. And when I walked out, I, I say, they said, well, you're the scariest person I've ever seen. <laughs> And I went on, washed my face, and went home. And I thought, at least I got a chance. And the next day, Steve Stabler called, and he said, I'm not supposed to tell you. I called him to thank him. Okay. And he said, I'm not supposed to tell you, but you got the job. Unbelievable. And, that was and they said, whatever, just do what you did. Just wear that outfit. And he called it my clown suit. Wow. That is like permanently burning. I used yeah. to I used to watch that movie. It's my favorite. It's my favorite, and also it's because of that whole story. I unreal. Had. Damn. Relentless. You got to yeah. be. Relentless. I tell my wife. Ooh. I tell my wife. I was like, "Babe, you remember Kingpin Rash?" Because I show her like movies. I remember Kingpin. Because we because we watch we watch it's it for a, years. It's, one, it's my favorite. movie. And she goes, "That was her." I said, "Remember?" I said, "That's her." I said, she goes, "That is her." I said, "She's just unrecognizable, is she not?" Yeah. And like, well, I was like, "That is ridiculous." It, was, it disappeared. Disappeared that role, by the way. And then Magda, you know, and then came after that. Something about Mary. Those those were my, those were really, those guys are the best. And Pete Farrelly has a new movie that's killing it right now that just won Toronto Film Festival. It's called Green Book. It's a plug for Pete's movie. Shout out to Pete. Pete. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be fantastic. And I'm glad because he hasn't really done anything that's been public, you know, that public for a long while. They've done some TV and stuff, but they are gifted they're gifted writers and and philosophers, in my opinion. Wow. They're really um, so. I wish him good luck. Wow, right on. Um, yeah. So now uh, I mentioned that I, I wanted to uh, go oversee some uh, special events happening with uh, with the uh, Scream Fest. So one of the first is uh, honoring Gail Ann Hurd with the Career Achievement Award. That's happening on Tuesday, October sixteenth. That's going to be followed by a screening of Aliens and The Terminator, and she also produced and co-wrote The Terminator, and she also uh, worked on uh, Aliens, and now she's executive producer for The Walking Dead, The Fear of the Walking Dead, and is a consultant on The Talking Dead. Cheese and crackers. Also, wow. after that... Bride she's of, talented. I know, hey, she is a powerhouse. Jeez. 
And then after that, we got Pride of Chucky's 20th anniversary with a special years. screening. Yep, that's happening uh, Friday on October 12th. That's on your birthday. Oh, thank so, God. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna be a screening followed with the Q and A of writer Don Mancini and producer David Krishner. And lastly, uh, wait, not lastly. Uh, the third one is a Serpent and the Rainbow's 30th anniversary, mm-hmm. which is a wild, beautiful, beautiful wild film. movie. Yeah, special screening on October 10th, followed by a Q and A with producer David Ladd and assistant director Bob Engelman. And uh, your your film, the the Final Wish, has gained the world premiere at uh, Screen Fest as well. True. Yes, directed by Timothy Woodward Jr. And it's Cass, okay, of course, Lin Shay. <laughs> also, Michael Welsh from the uh, Twilight franchise. Tony Todd from uh, Final Destination Hellfest, who just recently Candy came Man on. Right Candyman, yeah. So, and also Spencer Locke from Insidious, The Last Key, Resident Evil, Afterlife, Resident Evil Extinction. So, like the Resident Evil films. And that's, that's also like a reunion for you, too, right? Because you both were on The Last Key. Yeah, kind of. It is definitely. I, I mean, she, she has, she's wonderful in it as well, and she's a wonderful actress and a beautiful girl. So, I was glad to get to have her, you know, to work with her in the film. We didn't have scenes together in this one, but it's fun to know she's in it. Oh, she's okay. part of the energy of the film, as they say. Hey. What does Miss Lynn do when she's not acting? What do you do? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoy, I must say, just in general, I'm having the most wonderful time in, in life, for real. And um, I spend a lot of time by myself, I, which I enjoy. I have a horse at the Equestrian Center, so Ooh, I ride two, nice. three times a week. I ride Western, and I show as a rainer. I have a little paint rainer. So I'm a cowgirl in my in my dreams, <laughs> and uh, always really did love horses, and it's wonderful to have that opportunity. I have a doggy and a kitty, and I have a beautiful home and wonderful friends, and um, I, I watch a lot of documentaries. I, I don't watch a lot of movies, which, uh, which is kind of, I'm almost embarrassed to say. <laughs> I'm not up on a lot of film, films I haven't seen. But um, uh, I'm interested in reality, kind of, because right. that gives me my fantasy. Mm. It's, and I learn from that in some wow. way. Even stupid stuff, like even The Bachelor, sometimes I'm fascinated by watching these vapid, sort of uninteresting people become interesting because of the way they're juxtaposed. Absolutely. And that's kind of interesting. You know, so it's not like I love to watch the... But I'm interested in... in um, I'm interested in real people. Okay. And how they operate. So I watch people a lot. I'm a, I love to go sit somewhere people and just watcher. watch. I am a people <laughs> watcher. Awesome. Yeah. All right, on. Yeah, I recently delved into the world of The Bachelor. Well, I, I watched The Bachelor. <laughs> no, but it's interesting. It, it is, is very interesting. And I it actually is. got attached by, to one of some of, the, some of the guys. I was like, oh, this is cool and then they went on to Bachelor was it Bachelor on the Beach or oh, that one, I, that, one I, 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 that one loses me finally <laughs> yeah that, that is wild stuff <laughs> but yeah coming back to uh, your film The Final Wish is premiering on Wednesday October 17th uh, at 8pm mm-hmm. and I'm wondering um, when, when, when you have a when you have a premiere do you like sit in the crowd and do you like do you gauge audience reactions do you like or? watching yourself do you yeah. like watching yourself on screen not really no, no. Okay. but I'll tell you something when I saw the, the final the uh, last last in City Mm-hmm. The, the final key, the last key. Oh, I'm getting mixed up with the final. I know the final, final wish. <laughs> I hadn't seen the full movie, and I got so into the movie, I forgot I was in it. Wow, <laughs> for real. Awesome. I mean, it was it was almost like I and I kind of didn't mind watching myself because I was I had already separated myself from myself mm-hmm. watching the movie. Wow. So, um, but in general, I'm pretty critical uh, if I remember 
the difficulty I had with a scene or the choices the editor made. Sometimes I get like, oh, why are they and, and oh, how I look and mm. kind of like a dog. And I go, oh, well. Wow, <laughs> impossible. No, way. no impossible. I mean, you know, listen, I photograph for, as a character. I mean, I have to remember that, too. I, I'm not a I'm not one of those beautiful. I'm not. I mean, I love my work and I love. Myself, I'm not putting myself down. Don't you dare. But, but we yeah. know what, what really beautiful women look like on screen. You know, there is that. Like Rose Byrne. Oh, my God. She's pretty. No matter which way she turns. I mean, it's like, I was like oh, you know, wait, let me see. Is it, is it, in real life, I go, like, isn't there some place that she looks terrible? There's got to be an angle. There's got to be an angle. There was no angle. There was no angle. She's the most exquisite little creature ever. And uh, so, but, um, so I get a little bit judgmental about how homely I feel like I am. And I'm not fishing for whatever, you know, I'm, but I'm... I'm happy. I like myself. That's I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, truly. Um, so we gotta we gotta start <laughs> wrapping up now, unfortunately. But that's uh, I, I want to ask you one final question, which is: so you're in the, the ambassador for Screenfest, and I was gonna personally for you, what are you most looking forward to in this? I'm in. I'm looking forward to the fans, to okay. the fans, and to. Um, my the little thing I came up with is screaming is good for the soul. Yes, I think I should put that on a T-shirt. Oh yeah, yes. That's <laughs> actually great. that would make a great T-shirt. That'd be great. And that and fest and festival and celebration is also good for the soul. Mm-hmm. So scream fest is good in all directions. You know, embrace your screaming and jo- and embrace your celebration. You're um right on. You're a you're a damn good actor. Um, which is a great um, actor. Thank you're, you. Yeah, you're a hell of an actor. But uh, <laughs> and, and it's it's interesting because horror, you know, kind of that's like a they don't really don't put that hand in hand like the acting ability in horror movies. Like it's kind of like got that negative connotation where it's like you, there's no real actors in horror. Right. Um, it's just you you're an exception. But what what makes a good actor? Do you think you know what what makes you good at, get a good at your craft? You know what I mean? Because first of all, being a good listener, mm-hmm. because really acting is listening, <laughs> and what you say. I mean, there's so many aspects to it. Um, I think being, again, looking as a storyteller throughout your script. I mean, when you've got a script, you've got a blueprint. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, a tone to this whole story. I always, re- I usually try to read the script two or three times over and over mm-hmm. in the beginning just to see what it, what is the whole of the piece, kind of. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of, and then I make almost like a little roadmap of my own character, depending on how many scenes I have. You know, and and you want like Kingpin, believe it or not, is perfectly is perfectly balanced character. When you meet Mrs. Dumars, has an introduction mm-hmm. when she comes out of the thing and <laughs> Captain Hook. She meets. She has a, a a bad thing happen, and she falls in love. There's betrayal, and then there's revenge. Mm-hmm. So there's like there's a really perfect little roadmap there mm-hmm. to play, and I kind of look for that. And if it's missing, I have finally gotten enough courage to Could mention be- it. Yeah, and to say you're missing something here. There's got to be a tag here. You got to know where I'm going. You know, wow. you can't leave. So I, I've literally that's something I've gained over the years is I've gained the confidence and the people are listening better too than you know like excuse me, lady. I once did a TV show that was how the director talked to me. Lady, could you move over there? Oof. Yeah, uh, it was an actor who was the director. I won't tell you who it was, but I was horrified. Oof. I went, I sought him out at the end and said, thank you, I had a lovely day. <laughs> you are a pistol. I really did. You are a <laughs> I knocked on his door, and I went home feeling satisfied. But, um, 
So, um, so I think being a good listener and being uh, uh, letting your creative spirit sort of take over. Don't censor anything yet. You know, start letting let your brain just go. I always work with a pencil, mm-hmm. and I write down if it's a color, a pair of shoes, or any thought that comes into my head. I know I won't remember it. So I sometimes put little scratch notes all through the script. And, and, and I'm always glad I do that because sometimes I go, what was that thing? I had a great idea about something. Oh, this was the line I thought would be better. Mm-hmm. And, and again, now I'm feeling the courage and, and um, enough of having enough of a voice mm-hmm. to be able to, um, you know, to ask for it, to say, can I try this instead? Mm-hmm. And like Lee Winnell is very funny. He always says, you say the way the be- you do it the best is don't say I'm not doing it, which sometimes I... <laughs> <laughs> I did that once to Adam Robitaille in Insidious. He said, you say, "He said, I think we should do it this way." I said, "No, that's not, that's not how we should do it." And um, and Lee, who's such a diplomat, said, "The way you do it, <laughs> you say, let's try it your way, and then we'll try it my way." And see what's right. I just went and, and I kind of did. I called myself on it, and I, I I even said to Adam, "Did I was I insulting?" He said, "I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> so he heard me. He knew, you know, he knew I wasn't being rude or disrespectful. It's just I was in the moment kind of thing. So don't censor yourself. Let everything file through and then start to make a shape. It's like clay. You know, it's really mm. like you throw a big pile in and, and then very slowly it. you start taking pieces out and pretty soon you've got a shape you don't you don't even know that you had. Mm-hmm. And that's what's exciting. Right on. All right. Well, that's, there's a good, good button right there. Uh, yeah, so we got to wrap up now. And um, so thank you so much again for coming on the show. Thanks, Lee. Thank you. And uh, if you can tell everyone where they can find you on social media. Um, yes. I, I have a face. I'm, I don't know what a hashtag is still, but <laughs> don't, don't worry about that part. None of us do. You don't have to yeah. hashtag me. But I have, um, I have Lynn Shea uh, on Facebook. And it's, I usually have pretty much my 5,000 people. But um, always feel free to, to ask, you know, to friend me, and I've, I'll, I'll try and take everybody I can. Instagram, I have an Instagram, which is Ms. Shay, Ms. Shay. That's my Instagram account. Mm-hmm. I have, I'm happy to have you on my, uh, on my roster. <laughs> and then um, I actually have a Twitter account also, but I can't remember. I think it's, there's, I think it's Lynn Shay. Uh, yeah, and, I believe it's Lynn Shay. Well. But there's yeah. two. There's two which I don't know which one gets seen the most, but you're welcome to, to Just join. Just add, follow both of them. Follow, I was about to say. <laughs> follow me, baby. Follow me down the yellow brick road. <laughs> Any day. <laughs> All right. Uh, Evan? Um, Evan T. Mac, Instagram and Twitter. Um, yeah, you know, y'all know where you can find me. Right on. And just again, uh, once again, ScreenFest will be running from October 9th to October 18th at the Chinese uh, Theater here in Los Angeles. Hey. Get your tickets. Yes, they can be purchased at ScreenFestLA.com. Remember, screaming is good for the soul. Yeah. Yes. And also festivities and just a celebration. And I am your host, Anthony Becerra. You can find Woo! me everywhere. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> a, this was a great interview, and I love you guys. Thank oh you for having God, me. We love you, too. Yeah, find me everywhere at Tony B. Tony underscore. She just wooed it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all. Until Woo! next time, we have another interview coming up. Stay tuned. It's going to happen. Uh, but, yeah, peace out. We'll be, we'll be back in a couple minutes. <laughs> From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.